0: This is a conversation with Katie Swofford. Hi Katie. Hi. So we're going to be talking today about Dr. Asen and about eidetic imagery.
1: Good. I'm very pleased to be talking about, uh, Dr. Asen and his work in eidetic imagery. It's a method that I have, I have discovered after 30 years of being a, a therapist and found to be uh very effective, very fast, uh, and a, an effective way of working with clients. Mm-hmm.
0: So we're going to talk, maybe most of this conversation you and I are having will be on the uh, method itself, you know, its underpinnings and how it works in a clinical setting. But maybe since um, uh, USABP gave Akhtar, uh one of its uh, pioneer awards, um, uh, maybe just a few words about uh, Akhtar Asen's life and his work. Good.
1: Uh, Akhtar was born in Kashmir. Educated in India, and came to the United States. He first lived in Philadelphia, and he currently lives in uh, in New York, in Yonkers. And um, he has developed this theory from science and from mythology. He's both a uh, experimental psychologist and a, and a mythologist. Uh, Joseph Campbell wrote the foreword to his um, one of his first books, *Manhunt in the Desert*, and since the beginning, he's published over thirty books. The most recent ones being uh, *The Quantum Image* and one on autism and one on memory, Alzheimer's. So his work spans um, a good deal of time, and it comes. He originated it from. Um, From science and his study of mythology, not only uh, the one he was exposed to and raised in, but Viking mythology and and, uh, Greek mythology. And it's looking for the um, uh, common threads of the different mythologies and religions that uh, describe the human experience in in a way of a universal mind. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe um, the universal mind, images, you know, what's the link? What's, uh, what's it about the, these images?
1: The eidetic image is uh, a personal, the image that a, a, an individual experiences is projected from their own consciousness. It's from their own mind, so it's personal but it is also a reflection of their potentials as human beings of uh um, and that's where mythology comes in that that's the uh mythology is the universal mind it's the the broader the greater reality and then we all have our our personal experience of that in our physical lives
0: so this image is not just an abstract image it's something it's uh, it, it's related to both mind and body
1: that's correct it is and it's not the content of the image that is important but the action of it the process of it dr talks about it as a structural image uh and that structure is ism the image the somatic response and then the meaning. Mm-hmm. So it's not um, not the content of the image. It's not you see an image and try to figure out what it means. You see the image and immediately go become aware of the physical connection, the uh, body response that is created by the image. So the link between what's seen and what's felt. Is the core of, of the eidetic
0: image. Right. So in other words, um, uh, in ordinary language, when we think of image, it's like a snapshot. It's something that's in a way divorced from reality. It's a representation. And far from that, uh, in the eidetic image, there is built in the connection with the uh, uh, feeling and the body sense of what happened together with the meaning. Right. And the,
1: the body connection is the, is the central part of this. That those are, and the, and the purpose is, of the work is to develop the connect, the body connection and the image moving along together. That's the flow of consciousness. A, in this work, a symptom arises because there's a gap between What's seen and what's felt. So you may have, you may see an image and then you have a thought about it and then your body response is to the thought rather than to the image. And that's the process of how the method, um, works. In that way the, uh, when you ask a person to see an image, uh the instructions are very ambiguous they're very general um and the, so the person's own mind comes up with uh, their version of of the image and if they are describing what they see related to the image then you can expect the Im- that to be uh information about themselves kind of flows comes to the surface and things move along and progress along normally. Uh if the image is stuck, it's because their consciousness is stuck and they are stuck. There's a, a connection between the symptom that somebody may have come in with, uh, that their their complaint or their problem that they want to work on in, in therapy, and you say, Well, let's look and see. So you look have them project an image and you can see the symptom in that image
0: so so the image work um, how does it fit in the context of therapy is this something where in a way from day one every session there is a working on an image is it something where um, uh, you know how does it come into the process of therapy
1: that depends some on the experience and the expectation of the client. For the clients who come, um, knowing a little about eidetics, I may start from day one.
0: So in some cases, if people are already familiar with the process, you start right away with imagery, but in other cases, not necessarily.
1: Not necessarily. It depends on if they're in a crisis. Some of my therapy looks pretty traditional in terms of... um um, you know, understanding the problem, and and that I nearly always do though. In part of the intake, right at the last, I, uh, I the running stream image is one of my favorites as a, an introductory, one. It's very short, and it just gives a snapshot of, consciousness of their, um, how they are feeling and what they see. And so, what's, so what does it, what's it like? this It's running like, stream? it's uh, with with four sentences. The uh, I'll tell you the the uh, instructions are to see yourself as the running stream. And I give a few minutes, you know, part of a, a minute or two for them to develop that image. Mm-hmm. See the running stream that you are. Now see an obstacle in the distance and see how you run through the obstacle and any difficulty it presents and now notice what it's like downstream mhm and that's it and then we talk about it and they tell me what their stream looked like if they have if they're new at it sometimes i do a little guiding the image of just calling their attention to notice the temperature of the stream the banks what you know, is it a sunny day or not? Um, there's no, I don't make any interpretation about the content, but uh, the feeling. And the, and I feel the image with them as they tell me what they see. Um, you know, they may say it's a bright, sunny day, and I see a bright, sunny day with them. And they say that and the water is cool, and it's fast moving, and it's going over the rapids, some rapids, and, and, uh, I see that happening. So it's an empath- the process is an empathy process. Right. And I connect physically as well with their experience.
0: Yeah, so I hear that, uh, definitely as opposed to interpretation, right away it's working at the level of images and, uh, and through the sensations of these images. And through the sensations.
1: It's, uh, actually the images are in terms of, you know, uh, sensation, perception, cognition, conation, the kind of the flow of understanding of uh, conscious process, these images are at that first level of sensation. They are a sensation because they move straight into the body. Mm-hmm. And the connection between what you see and what you feel is the hallmark of it. And I'm constantly asking the person as, as for instance, as you approach the obstacle, how did you feel? As the obstacle got closer, how did your feeling change? And then how did you run through it? Mm -hmm. And they'll, you know, they may describe, I split into two parts and I went around and I may ask how it felt as you split and how it felt as you actually went around in great detail. I had one student, um, I was doing this in a class, and and when I said, uh, uh, there's another part of the image, actually, to see your parents in front, and you're the running stream. And it was at that moment she burst out laughing, and I asked her after we were through with the image, she says, I saw my mother, and I headed in the opposite direction. It's just like backwater <laughs> going upstream. And she says, that's exactly my experience of my relationship with my mother. Mm. So the, the symptom shows up, and the person's process shows up. If they're in a lot of turmoil, they may see rapids. If they're feeling really stuck, they may say that the the stream is sluggish and warm and kind of yucky feeling. And that's what's going on in their mind, in their what their experience currently of their life is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's an excellent diagnostic.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so really, we're not talking about uh, again. You mentioned a classic in an everyday sense of the world, but um, a sense of a process of interacting with life. Exactly.
1: And the uh, body process, the experiential process, is the is the core of that. That's what makes it really a body psychotherapy rather than a cognitive one.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So, uh you described this uh, this first uh you know stream uh imagery. How else does uh, do you work with image say in the uh in the process of therapy? How does it come up?
1: Um anytime there's a a stuck place or a problem that you want to know more about, that's a time to to do an image so that you can really see what's going on with the person. What you see in the image is uh, what comes out of the image is, or th- these are things they can't just tell you. Or if they tell you, they don't have the solution for it. They can just tell you how stuck they are with it, what a problem it is. When you see it in the in the image, uh, you can work directly with the image. For instance, if they see an obstacle in the running stream image, and it's so big, uh, you can do maneuvers within the image, see it again, only change the temperature, see it again, uh, pay attention to this part of the image or or another. So there's uh, operations and maneuvers that you do within the image.
0: Right, right. So Uh, so in a way, already in that process, you have a different relationship with the situation, because it's not something that you experience passively, but you have some degree of control in terms of um, changing the angle, re-experiencing, changing some variables. And just repeating
1: the image over and over again, many times, is uh, the mind will find its its own way through it, and you'll have a release, so... One of the first maneuvers is to project the image again and again
0: mm-hmm. so and Penny, like, let's talk a little bit about that image because uh, the first time we talked about image you you essentially guided people through a short um, process, um, but in the course of the process, say for instance, when they're stuck, um, mm-hmm. what kind of you know do you ask them if they have a spontaneous image? do you guide them in any way to find something?
1: You know the image is uh, has the solution in it. Um, I'm thinking of, and so I don't. I'm trying to I'm trying to just figure the way to say uh, the guiding is really toward the structure. The guiding is toward uh, changing one of the physical properties of the image. Like see make it see it as cold, introduce or introduce a mythic quality about the wind.
0: Um, mm-hmm. let's say, let's say uh, you're in a session and uh, you're noticing that the client is stuck. Um, how How do you introduce the call for an image at that moment?
1: I sometimes will just say, "Let's look and see." You know, you, you've described this problem and you've had this situation. Let's let's look at it this through the image, and let's look at it this way. And then I just blurt it out. You know, just start. Maybe see see yourself as a running stream, and they may take a minute to settle in. And I may say that part again, so I may repeat it as they kind of go in, but. The thing is there's no there's there's really no interpretation of the content of the image. You know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter if they see green trees or whatever unless that means something to them. And so there's you don't need to do much introducing. Uh sometimes there's a little intro about um, this is this will give us some new information and then launch into it. There are images of nature, images of development, and images of a mythic nature. Mm-hmm. The uh, images of nature give directly the body response, and the running stream is really all three of these because the you have the physical properties of the stream and the water and the, and your body experience, but there is also a mythic quality to that image in terms of the. Uh William James talked about the stream of consciousness. And Octor adds to that, that consciousness is not only a flowing, running stream. It's not only a flowing stream, it's a running stream. And he has a quote from a poet of, you can't stop the mountain stream. If you try, it will cut through the mountain and open cut through the rocks and open the heart of the mountain. Mm. And, you know, the Grand Canyon's made like that. So there is a a universal or a more mythic, a a bigger, a greater reality to the flow of consciousness that is the flow of consciousness in that running stream image. And then part of the image, like I described with the uh, woman you can introduce, uh, the developmental, uh, get some developmental information and introduce that by the simple instruction to, s- to see, see your parents in front and you are the running stream. See your father in front, your mother in front, and you're the running stream. And that will bring up the, uh, quality, the nature of the relationship with parents. People will say things like, uh, my father's not looking at me. He's there, but he's not looking at me. And I just go past and he never notices me. Well, guess what happens in their life? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a projective um, process. So the image that gets projected, um, just like pro- other projective uh, tests and such, it shows you what's,
0: what's going on. Yes, and I hear that this uh, this projection is within the context of um, um, something that is a powerful metaphor, an archetypal image, uh, uh, something that in a way connects with the flow of life, the Tao, so something much larger than simply any uh, projection. It does exactly the
1: because um, we live our natural lives are both biological our current experience but the our, also our spiritual life is um uh our life is much like everyone's life and like it has been for centuries and so there's we we also have a mythic destiny
0: mhm mhm you mentioned the three components of the image included the somatic but also the meaning part
1: the meaning emerges there is a you come to understand it like you you know oh yeah that's that's how my father is you know he doesn't see me and oh yeah that means these feelings i have it, it's like people then will start talking about memories They'll start talking about thoughts and situations in their, in their history. But after they've projected the image, those things are connected and integrated. Whereas if you just ask them, what was your relationship with your father? They might say, oh, it was distant and he didn't really pay much attention to me, but they wouldn't be having the body contact with that statement. They wouldn't have the experience of it. Mm -hmm. After they've seen it in the image, you have an entirely different conversation about their situation.
0: Yeah. So in a way, um, throughout the therapy, there is a therapeutic aspect per se, but there's also, in a way, a training of um, connecting the um, sensation, connecting the meaning, and through the intermediary of the image, which is central in the way the mind functions. Yeah, it's
1: re- and that is that speaks to that it's really the body process and opening um, experience and counting on experience and, and removing obstacles things that limit your experience. That's where development comes in. And there's a whole set. There's a t- set of um, thirty developmental images that give you a complete picture of. Of development, of traumas in development, of um, um, strengths in the relationships between the client and mother, the client and father, and mother and father together. So you get these thirty snapshots of um, of the dynamic in the in the history growing up in the family.
0: So what's one of them, for instance, say, in a clinical situation? uh, hmm.
1: The first one, and I use these first two images um, as uh, routinely, and then if we want to do a full developmental picture, we do all 30 of them. But the first one is about the house, and the instruction is to see your parents in the house where you lived most of the time with them. The house that gives you the feeling of a home. Where do you see them, and what are they doing? And that's the and that's the content of the image. And then, um, in the intake, I ask people where they were born, and what houses they've lived in, and when they what ages up to when they went off to college or so. Because it turns out that the atmosphere in the home is, is crucial to the development of the child and the relationships uh, with each of the parents um, affect the image that's projected. Uh, they may see, I see my father in the living room and he's reading the paper, and I say, and how do you feel when you see him? When you see this image, that's the important link. and they'll say, "I feel kind of anxious because I don't I, I, I know I shouldn't bother him and you've got a snapshot there. That's what happened in their home
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've also had people find uh, strengths um, with uh, mother as the nurturer often shows up in the kitchen. And if she doesn't, somebody needs to be taking care of business in the kitchen, you know. Uh And I, I had one client just kind of laugh. She says, I saw my mother in the kitchen with a little apron on, and she was cooking. And she laughs, and she says, my mother never cooked, and I <laughs> never saw her in that apron. On the other hand, her mother did nurture her and take care of her and, you know, did her job as a mother. So, And so the image showed up in a traditional kind of sense, even though the historical reality was that Mother wasn't much of a cook. That didn't affect the kind of mythic reality that her mother had. She had a good mother, and her mother nurtured her and took care of her, and so when she projected the image, her mother showed up in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that image... uh uh, again, is not a snapshot, but is a structure of the relationship.
1: Yeah, it's that's exactly right. It's it's a the, shows the structure of the relationship. It's not a memory.
0: Yeah, because
1: you wouldn't have had a memory of that.
0: So, since it's interesting, so it's not a memory. So, does this image evolve over time as um, people digest their you know their relationship or the yes, uh,
1: yeah, absolutely, and they may have. For instance, that maybe mother's in the, in the kitchen, but I'm standing outside and I feel separate from her. Cause there's, and that will happen when there's conflict in the relationship. You know, like I shouldn't approach mother or she's not available to me. Um, and I'm not in the kitchen with her. And then as you work through the developmental glitches in consciousness, you will look back and they'll say oh yeah i'm at, now i'm mother's cooking and i'm in the kitchen and i'm playing with my toy you know the image changes mm-hmm. as, as the blocks are it shows you the blocks and then it once they're released it shows you that they're gone yeah yeah so it's very much a dynamic process and you can check in any time and see how things are going you know mm-hmm
0: yeah so you can revisit the same uh the mm-hmm. same situation, yeah
1: yeah, and then some of the work uh kind of associated with that is to do the house projections and then um there's some mythic work with uh the tiger as the blessed beast of our nature and working with the tiger imagery, the mythic at a mythic level, and then return to the house with the tiger. You've changed the feeling state of, of the person that they've surfaced developed, uh, resources that they were unaware of. It's another of the concepts of, uh, that we're born with a whole array of potentials. Some of those get developed and others are, uh, not stimulated. They're not, not really developed. But because of what's going on in our lives as we grow up and you get to a point where you need the ones, you know, you've you've developed the parts of yourself to handle the traumas and the kid brother being born and moving and all those things that happen in childhood. But the ones you need are the ones that you didn't develop self-confidence and security and those things. So you can develop those. By connecting to the greater reality, to the, at the mythic level. And mm-hmm. then go back to the house with the tiger. And they'll say, some, uh, for instance is, oh, when I walk in with the tiger, my mother looks up and says hi. Hmm. You know, it's like if I am myself, there was a, 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 a change in there was a change in the um, in the person's consciousness, and the the image of mother who had been aloof and distant previously changed
0: yeah yeah so so that in a way there is some parts that we haven't had a chance to develop that we can develop by working with the archetypes with the we
1: absolutely can and Octor talks about, uh, that these are archetypal images, but they're, uh, uh, he says there's, there's doubt, thou- you couldn't even count them. They are all archetypal. All of the, the mythic images. Mm-hmm. And as you, and they connect with doing some of the work with the tiger is just, you, you see a uh, empty space to the right and a little in front. And a tiger comes out of that space, and you look at the tiger and see how it breathes and see the light that comes out of its eyes and recognize this is really you. And people will say, I knew it was me right from the first minute. It's a 600-pound tiger, and I'm not scared. (laughs) So they recognize the the quality of being, that that it connects with their own being. It is them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so as I'm listening to you, uh, in what you say and in your tone of voice, you know, I also hear a sense of, um, the therapy session being an invitation in part to also go into another kind of time and space and in that mythological time and space mm-hmm. different from ordinary reality and, and an enrichment that comes from inhabiting that space.
1: Yes, it's actually eternity. It's timeless, and clients often comment on, "This feels like I've always been here," you know, or it feels like, um, like I've gone back to my ancestors' time, or you know, to that the time it doesn't have a
0: a limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In contrast to maybe uh, the crisis in our life, where we feel like we're in a tight spot, we're in a corner, we're in a bind, you know, and all that sense of limitation. Yes, very pressured. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one of the qualities of this work is uh, a relaxation of that tight bind of time and pressures from current world to that there's plenty of time and that there's uh, that i am in in a process and time is not a factor time mm-hmm. is not a problem mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah so is this a good place maybe to end
1: actually uh, the one thing i might add is, is that this process is a pleasure for the therapist that it doesn't uh, create burnout or Vicarious traumatization because the therapist moves through through the image with the client through the empathy and uh, I find it very stimulating and and releasing and thoroughly thoroughly satisfying work
0: mm-hmm-hmm mm-hmm. thanks Dean This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website, relationalimplicit.com.
1: And time is not a factor.
0: Time mm-hmm. is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So is this a good place maybe to end? Actually, uh,
1: the one thing I might add is, is that this process is a pleasure for the therapist... That it doesn't, uh, create burnout or vicarious traumatization because the therapist moves through, through the image with the client, through the empathy. And, uh, I find it very stimulating and, and releasing and thoroughly, thoroughly satisfying work.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thanks, Katie. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website relationalimplicit.com.